Did you know that solar energy is the largest source of energy received by Earth? Imagine this, the sun is like a giant nuclear plant that produces so much energy that it can that its surface temperature goes all the way up to 5700 degrees Celsius. In today's episode, we're going to learn a lot more about solar energy and a little more about the careers that students can explore in this space. Joining me today is Ravi Kumar, the co-founder and CEO of Dexler Energy. Thank you for joining us, Ravi. Thank you, Amit. Thank you so much. Very glad to be here. Uh, happy training. Speak about it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for making time in your schedule. Really appreciate it. Uh, before we begin, I'm going to, you know, just quickly uh, give a small introduction, uh, you know, so a little, bar, a little bit about you. I'd love to st tell students a little bit more about you, Ravi. So as, as I understand, you know, you've, you've been a subject matter expert, you're a TEDx speaker, you were working with PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, for a long time, close to 10 years, where you were working their energy, utilities and mining practice, where you were advising utilities, regulators, investors and private players in the power sector. You've also worked with companies like um, Elia Agrotech and Pice. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, you then went on to found uh, Dexler Energy, uh, you know, where you've been focusing on solar energy. So tell us a little bit about your journey, Ravi. You know, what, what prompted you to uh, really start a company that's focused on solar? Well, thanks for that great introduction. Um... I started my uh, career way back uh, when the electricity reforms were happening in the country. Uh, at, at that point in time, I had no idea about uh, uh, the fact that I'll end up here. Mm. It was uh, very early days uh, for the electricity sector in the country and we were hugely dependent on fossil fuels in those days. Uh, uh, the main focus areas were in fact uh, reforms in the electricity sector. Uh, so there was no focus on generation as such or what kind of generation we are going to focus on. Uh, our as a country, our our needs were different at that point in time. But as we grew, I I have also seen the transition from uh, the fact that you know we were predominantly coal based to uh, there was focus on hydro large doing large hydro plants too. Right, and slowly we started seeing wind. Then we slowly started seeing solar. Fortunately for me, I've been uh, exposed to all of these technologies. I've had the opportunity to work with players across the spectrum of, uh, you know, uh, generation or the technologies uh, that are involved in these uh, different kinds of uh, generation. And and I've had, uh, through while going through this journey, I, I, I found that the technologies that uh, I was working later on in my years at PwC were uh, the wind, uh, hydro and solar was so much more cleaner and so much more uh, environmentally friendly. And mm -hmm. I didn't see the need for us to continue to uh, do so much of uh, coal-based energy. Now, because globally also, we've started seeing around the same time, there is a shift towards greener sources of fuel, greener sources of energy uh, for, for meeting the electricity needs or energy needs of different countries. And I, I thought that if, if it is possible for Germany to do it, uh, why is it not possible for India to do it? At the time, Germany was at the forefront of solar revolution. And we need a lot of solar uh, uh, megawatts and megawatts of solar and we were still talking about small size systems where you know kilowatts one megawatt or very small capacities that we were talking about i think i i kind of gradually fell in love there is no aha moment there was no like one single moment where i can romantically talk about but uh, over the period of time i i kind of enjoyed that transition i enjoyed the fact that these technologies 
these are so much more uh, cost effective so much more uh, beneficial uh, to the overall uh, uh, system right so as people as human as a race that we can benefit from these uh, technologies and uh, thankfully around the same time when i was working at pwc when i was uh, kind of growing fond of these technologies is when um, i you know met my other co-founder anand and we kind of hit it off and we liked uh, uh, the idea that you know renewables can be the future and can play a huge role in terms of uh, you know, how we will consume our electricity going forward and since then uh, we've had this idea to do something in the space we kind of had lots lots of interactions around it and kind of hit upon this idea to get into this kind of business and voila and i'm here that's fantastic you know and i i think it's amazing because you're actually helping uh, companies uh, you know as i understand dexter focuses more on commercial deployments right so you have uh, players in this space that are focusing more on the residential side there are players focusing more on commercial and as i can imagine deployments in on the commercial side are larger they're more intense uh, you know i think uh, it's 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 really important to get all the pieces right when it comes to commercial deployments but it's really interesting for for a company uh, or any entity for that matter to become a contributor to the power grid rather than being a, a consumer right so that's amazing that you power your own needs but you also contribute so do you see that happening uh, in the case of your customers yeah in, indeed in, in cases where uh, we are setting it up on top of their roofs there are instances where uh they 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 consume and there's still some excess that is being generated during a particular point in time and goes back into the grid uh, uh even otherwise there's a concept the the um the model in which we are working are to set up distributed projects right we are not trying to do large projects in one single location we are trying to do smaller projects across multiple locations whether it's okay. on roof or on ground so when we are trying to distribute the uh, generation capacities closer to consumption points it in fact benefits the network there is okay. a there is a need there is a kind of an avoided cost uh, in in terms of building infrastructure to carry an electron from say a very far place from somewhere in the state to uh, say the metro right makes sense whether it is bombay or it is bangalore you don't have to carry an electron from all the way from you know one far corner of the state to uh, bombay right so similarly um, when you're doing distributed it get consumed locally wherever there is consumption it gets lo- consumed locally mm-hmm. that way uh, it is beneficial to the grid as well and like you said there are instances where the pump back into the grid and it contributes to the grid's uh, efficiency i like that concept that you talked about you know this distributed model where the deployments happening closer to the point of consumption so in that sense uh, firstly you're working with a sustainable energy source but you're also doing it in a very sustainable way because by by keeping the you know collation of that energy and consumption of that energy close to each other you know it's more efficient the system is more efficient and it is also beneficial you know from from for the environment so that's that's nice i really like what i'm hearing Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, Ravi. You know, in terms of what are some of the latest innovations and trends that you're seeing in solar manufacturing? Uh, it's just a bit of context before I jump into the specifics of solar sure. manufacturing. There is a lot of action that is happening in this space today uh, because uh, India wanted to uh, encourage more domestic manufacturing companies. Right. We were, we were 
were until uh, recent times we were predominantly dependent on the chinese uh, to supply uh, solar related uh, you know equipment to us now with this particular there are a bunch of initiatives that the government has come up with which are some of them are non tariff and tariff barriers at uh, tariff based barriers which is now encouraging domestic manufacturing to in fact double down on manufacturing in the country which is a great positive sign for us because we we've always uh, uh, depended externally for uh, getting this and fact that we are looking at doing so much solar in the country uh, and not having to depend on the equipment that are related to doing solar plants uh, and having them manufactured locally will help us to be self sustainable in terms of doing this right i that's a great great positive sign absolutely on that note on that note what i would like to say is that because we are doing so much manufacturing uh, there are a lot of new technologies that are coming so until if you had asked me the same question about 2 years ago probably my answer would have been you know what we are we are not there in terms of manufacturing we are not doing anything exciting we are, we are doing a very, very small amount of capacities were there at the time now it is increased significantly and there are more that are coming online uh, there are technologies like uh, monoper that are catching up in terms of solar module there are technologies like bifacial uh, where the um, where you can uh, where it can capture light from both sides of the panel instead of just right one side there are uh, mm, there are technologies uh, which are essentially bringing in higher efficiency onto the there are technologies like topcon there are technologies like hjt i don't want to get too technical about it but essentially they are improving the efficiency so it's like this right in the same area or in the same square foot of area you are trying to capture as much sun as possible and sure. convert that into as much electricity as possible so sure. we we are trying to pack in more power we are trying to pack in more efficiency into the same area so that we can continue to generate more right so there are a lot of developments that are coming in and every year it is changing now it has become more dynamic in the last 2 3 years that every year the scene is changing which always well for us uh, because uh, we are right at that a uh, particular stage where new, we are setting up new manufacturing capacities so we can do that with newer technologies nice that's good to hear you know and you know in the solar space i can imagine that there's some uh, innovation happening in terms of the material of the panels as you mentioned the bifacial panels that's so nice to hear uh, and it's also I, i i would think that some of these innovations relate to how the energy is stored how it is transmitted over the last mile as much as you can minimize the loss there uh you're actually re- reaching a higher net output right and i think that's uh, it's a holistic perspective it's not just in one angle it's in multiple perspectives that you know be innovations and some you know uh developments may be happening so that that's nice to hear so uh obviously this has made solar panels more efficient it's increased uh, as you mentioned the amount of output that's generated per square foot right or the square space that's available now uh compared to say you know uh some of the deployments that we see on the fossil fuel side you have large factories uh hydro projects also are really large you know solar panels today in india would you say that they have a small footprint uh, do you see you know uh, a significant increase in the years to come uh, what's your comment there see uh i i keep telling this to some of the younger uh, people that i keep meeting and having a chat with is that the beauty of solar is that 
India is blessed blessed with abundant sunshine. Absolutely, three hundred sixty-five days. Most locations in the country can claim to at least three hundred thirty days of sun, which means that ninety-nine percent of your year is blessed with sun. Your location is blessed with sun. So then, what happens? What it comes down to is that you finding the right equipment, putting it together, pointing the panel in the right direction. That's it. If you can do this, then you can start generating electricity. Now, with compare that to some of the other technologies, right? So you see wind. Wind requires immense amount of study to understand the patterns of wind, that location, whether it is going to capture more wind, less wind. What are the cutting speeds? What is the height at which you need to set up the turbine? You do this analysis, uh, all this data. You do different kinds of assessment, capture this data. You have to spend at least twelve to eighteen months before you start the project to be able to decide whether you want to do a project there or not, right? Right. Uh, compare that with large hydro. Large hydro requires a huge amount of hydrological data, huge amount of geological studies to see whether you are drilling in the right place, whether you know there is a chance of a collapse, whether there is a downstream, you know, livelihoods that are getting affected. Correct. And what happens to the flora fauna? All of these come into equation. So nothing less than twenty-four months you will be able to do a hydro project. Now compare that with solar. I'm like. There's nothing that you need. You just, you just need to go buy the equipment from the market. You need to have the right kind of technicians with you. Put it all together. See, no offense to the design engineering involved. No offense to the kind of technicality sure. involved, right? But relatively, the pace at which you can put up a solar panel and the kind of ease with which you can do that is much, much higher. So I believe that solar will be at the forefront of any and all kinds of electricity generation going forward. That that's that that that's a given in your mind, yeah, absolutely. absolutely, and makes sense the way you're explaining it. So, uh, sorry, there was uh, there was another question that you asked. Uh, in terms of like, you know, do you see that footprint expanding? Do you see the uh, indeed, total indeed. wattage uh, that we generate from solar today as a contribution to the overall energy, kanda, you know, a generation in India? Uh, what what kind of mix could we see going forward? I mean. As you said, we're we're abundantly blessed with good sunshine. Yeah, so in India, it will increase dramatically. The government uh, themselves have made an announcement of doing about 500 gigawatts of renewables. Awesome. Of which 280 gigawatts is coming from solar. So, for uh, just context, gigawatt is 10,000 megawatt. So That's we are right. talking about 240,000 megawatts of solar coming in in the future, right? So we are talking about looking at at least 100 gigawatts of deployments every year. That's the kind of pace at which you want to grow. Um, uh, the, the footprint, so if you are asking me about geological footprint, uh, I don't have the reference map in terms of what is it going to be, but in terms of energy mix, like you rightly pointed out, there will be an increased amount of solar uh, that will definitely contribute towards our energy mix. We have a long way to go because even today, about 70% 65 to 70% of our electricity comes from uh, fossil fuels. Right. So that needs to change. And and it will change over the future, uh, you know, next few years. And I'm very, very sure solar will be uh, playing a major, major role in that. In, in terms of what you're outlined, I'm really happy to hear what you're saying because you're saying that from the projection that the government has made, they close to 50% of that capacity they're anticipating to come from solar. And it only goes to show the kind of uh, commitment that the government is willing to put in terms of resources, in terms of policies, in terms of, uh, you know, even procedural clearances for solar deployments to happen. And 
another good point that you made was that um, actually the go-to-market time frame for solar projects is so much simpler, so much uh, shorter, and actually it it has uh, you know little or no impact on flora and fauna. You're just setting up panels in the right space. You have the right level of technical expertise to point in the right direction, and voila, you can start generating power. So that's that's really really awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, when you look at India as, as uh, you know, you can look at the world from different lenses, right? From different perspectives. And from the perspective of someone who's deploying solar energy, you can see the entire market and say, hey, the whole the whole field is available for us to go out there and uh, do deployments, you know? So that's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing uh, to actually hear you say that and to also kind of learn from you about that. So, um are you as 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 uh, someone who's in the industry? Do you think the government is doing enough uh, to encourage the adoption and deployment of solar energy, or do you think more can be done in this space? The, uh, the good thing with solar is that um, economically it has become much more accessible than it was, say, a few years ago. Right, uh, ten years ago it used to be very very expensive uh, to set up a solar plant. Uh, the only other analogy that I can think of were those big mobiles that we used to get. Uh, they used to be very thick and heavy uh, in those early days of the telephone revolution and mobile revolution, and they used to cost a lot. Each call used to be some fifteen bucks or sixteen. Bucks. Sixteen rupees, sixteen rupees a minute. I was in telecom. Yeah, <laughs> sixteen rupees. It used to be, right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, so it's it's a bit like it was a bit like that for solar. But now it has become very, very accessible. People are quoting two and a half rupees, three rupees uh, for large capacities, large deployments. Wow. They're quoting about two and a half, three rupees as power cost, right? So, and, and typically we, in our homes, we are paying at four and a half bucks, four and a half, five bucks at least. And particularly in metros and in, in places where you live, it will be higher, seven, eight, nine rupees. Absolutely. And commercial industrial are even higher. So, Correct. it is it is just a no-brainer for, for someone who understands the math behind it. Uh, while it, while from a capital deployment perspective, it is still not, um, I would say, glamorous enough for, for people to look at it as individuals. Right? Uh, but corporates have realized it. Corporates are doing it in a big way. Uh, utilities are anywhere is doing it, right. So, I think it needs to pick up a little bit more. Uh, uh, the only thing that I would, uh, 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 in an ideal world, what I would have liked is much sure. more uh, coordination between the state and center. Right. On, on on the elements of regulatory and policy for electricity, particularly in solar. Uh, there's a lot that can happen between the state and center. And right now there is a, you know, it's asynchronous and it's kind of adding friction to the growth. Right. If that can be addressed, then we can have much more accelerated pace of adoption. Absolutely. And, and I think it's just a matter of time, you know, uh, as the deployments increase, I'm sure industry will again put pressure on government to, you know, simplify this. And uh, yeah, so the, the the thing about central and state government coordination, that's that's really uh, uh, something that no one can really guess how well that's going to happen. But, but let's hope for the sake of the solar energy industry it does happen sooner than not. Okay, I, I wanted to ask you, Ravi, you know, uh, there are a lot of students out there who may be looking at, you know, building a career. Uh, in the solar energy industry. Could you perhaps uh, outline some of the kind of jobs and roles that students can explore? Sure. See, uh, one good thing with solar, one good thing with renewables uh, in at large and uh, particularly 
play in solar is that the amount of capacity that is getting added uh, uh, purely from from energy generation point of view. Um, uh, there was some study that uh, I was looking at, which says that it could add potentially about one million jobs in the next. Wow! Wow! Um, and and this doesn't include uh, manufacturing, right? Manufacturing alone again can potentially every ten gigawatt can potentially generate about ten thousand jobs. So we're looking at reaching about hundred gigawatts of capacity, closer to hundred gigawatts of capacity, uh, which will in fact be, make us a net exporter. Uh, rather than a consumer uh, of, of solar panels and solar uh, related equipment. I think that augurs well from from, from a job employment perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is a high amount of uh, uh, requirement even today as we speak uh, for engineers, uh, electrical engineers, civil engineers, and, um, and, and uh, people who are skilled, right, ITI diplomas. People who semi-skilled who can who can function at uh, a plant level to manage the construction to manage the operation maintenance of the plants. Uh, so the the ones that are highly in demand, I would say, if 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 we were to break the split of one lakh or sorry one million, uh, about forty to fifty percent will be semi-skilled to uh, you know technician kind of roles, uh, which will require um, uh, basic understanding of engineering, electrical aspects uh, offered uh, and about another 20% would be in design aspects, right? Which means that they need to understand um, CAD, they need to understand, have the understanding of these tools, building systems on using these tools, right? Uh, design engineering uh, subjects and then followed by business development, followed by uh, operational maintenance aspects, followed by project management, right? All of these are uh, potential areas. Uh, for uh, uh, jobs, I think uh, uh, this doesn't include anything to do with right indirect jobs that are created, like which are uh, which are uh, because uh, you know whether it is financing, whether it is transportation, whether it is logistics of these equipment, uh, whether it is storage, uh, warehousing, distribution, uh, whether it is uh, you know uh, third-party assessments, third-party. Uh, research labs or uh, testing labs. I'm not considering any of this. I'm primarily looking at uh, direct mm, employment from full-time employment from building these capacities. Um, in addition, like I said, the manufacturing capacities will create jobs. There will be indirect jobs, uh, like I said, uh, in the in the manufacturing side as well. There will be a lot of retailing that will be happening. Sure. Uh, there will be a lot of distributors who will come in. Uh, there will be a lot of smaller installers to the residential projects who will come in. Uh, all of these are not considered in this. I'm, I'm, I am very hopeful and I believe that there is a huge future across this entire value chain to accommodate so many more, uh, you know, people. That's that's really nice to hear. And uh, for a student out there, I'm sure they're feeling, uh, you know, very nice when they hear stuff like this because it, it really goes to show that this is an industry with tremendous growth potential, with tremendous potential to employ new people across different levels. And uh, you, you did a good job in terms of outlining the different kind of departments or, or roles that they could, you know, uh, do within the, the larger solar space. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, are there any tips that you can share with aspiring professionals? You know, they want to land a job in this industry. Uh, what can they do to actually enter and then progress uh, in their career in this space specifically? Yeah, I think for technical roles, uh, 
uh, you just need to uh, have the uh, fundamentals right uh, to begin with. Mm. Your engineering, whatever you start, the electrical engineering or whether it's civil engineering, if you ha understand the basics of it, uh, even to a certain extent, mechanical uh, engineers are required here. And the fundamentals are very important for the semi skilled and the uh, technical roles. Uh, but if you want to be on the design engineering side or if you want to be on the project management side, obviously there will be some more uh, uh, skills that you need to gather. You need to understand the design of systems. You need to understand what goes into it. There are a lot of... The good thing is the skill... I think uh, the there is a skill development institute uh, which is uh, which is set up for solar. They're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of trainings for uh, people who want to get into solar. Uh, this is very small... Uh, training and they give a certificate and it's coming from the uh, from the uh, uh, from the entity which is run by the nodal agency which is run by the government and uh, that is a great starting point uh, sure. for someone who's, who's who's wanting to get into more you know high level of engineering high level of uh, uh, skill set uh, which is required for uh, design engineering complex projects uh, they will need to obviously um gain a little bit of hands-on experience, or work with uh, smaller systems, find internships, find work with some of these smaller developers and then uh, move up a little bit. Uh, they can work with consulting agencies, they can work with third-party audit agencies. Any of these could be a great starting point before they can come into the actual construction, actual building uh, space. Um, then uh, project management, you need to do the PMPs and uh, whatever professional uh, certifications that are required to become a uh, full-time project manager. Now, business development, again, sales skills are very important. Uh, um, particularly if you are if you are into product sales, if you are into um, solution selling or consultative consultative selling. I think that is a, that is a great start for people to look at uh, uh, you know players in this space. Uh, then apply for players in this space. Uh, this is broadly what I can think of immediately. Um, no, but uh, thanks, thanks for. Yeah. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Right, there are smaller roles which which will not which are not exactly uh, this intensive. Which is like OM or you know operational maintenance requires sure. uh, semi skilled uh, uh, you know people resources, and uh, we don't need high intensive kind of people. They can they can be basic ITI diplomas who understand the you know, nature of um, electrical systems, and they can be employed in fact even as a fresher recruits. Uh, with uh, less experience to come and manage the operate and maintain the system. Okay. All right. Uh, so as I was saying, thanks for that. I mean, you know, um, the more I listen to you, the more I, I realize that um, there's a lot of potential uh, for, for employment, for growth. And uh, I'm sure students out there who are going to be listening to this podcast are, are going to really appreciate what you've shared today. So thanks once again, Raveer. I've really enjoyed uh, this conversation uh, it's it's been a, a a big learning curve for me as well. I knew a little bit about the solar energy before entering this conversation, but I'm emerging a lot richer, and I am looking forward to stepping out in the sun. <laughs> so uh, thank thanks for this, Ravi. Really really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much, you. Amit. It's been a pleasure. I hope uh, whatever I shared was helpful for the students, uh, and I really look look forward to a lot of people joining the solar sector and making a change. I'm sure, I'm sure. And and many people, a lot of those people would, you know, also be motivated after listening to this podcast. So thank you for, for doing this. You know, it's, it's it's really nice of you to make time. And, uh, you know, this was a really nice, good, engaging conversation. So thanks for that, Ravi. 
thank you Amit. thank you for inviting me thanks a lot i hope you enjoyed this uh, this lovely chat that we had with mr ravi kumar um, we're going to keep churning content like this so subscribe to us on youtube and of course you can catch the audio version of this podcast on google apple and spotify our handle is the zista podcast till we meet again we'd say stay curious